Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Shay Adam with you for the uh, for the next session, uh, which is 20 cars. It's just the GTs. If you're just joining us this Friday evening here in Europe, nearly quarter to eight here in the UK, quarter to nine in uh, Central European summertime, just the GT cars. This weekend, it has been this way for a couple of years. VIR is the same with another GT-only race weekend. That comes up later in the series. Uh, Just coming up to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, it's at Lime Rock Park. um, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern uh, Summertime. Shea Adam is in the pit lane for us uh, there. And this is the weird split session. just because we've only got the GTs doesn't mean we're not still having the weird split session here. Explain. Hello, John. Uh, yes, it is the weird split session, meaning that everybody gets one hour of track time, but not everybody gets to go out at the same time. So the GTD cars have just received the green flag. The clock starts ticking down now from an hour and 15 minutes, meaning that the GTD Pro cars still sitting in their boxes. They will be able to go out once the clock hits one hour to go, and then they get the entirety of that session, while the GTD cars need to come into the pits with 15 minutes to go. So we should see some mock quality runs at the very end of this session in that last 15 minutes for the GTD Pro cars only. That's not really going to help them, though, Jeremy, is it? Because it is a combined session. When we go qualifying later on this afternoon, all 20 cars will be out at the uh, at the same time so there will be a bit of talking to the team and trying to find a bit of space for yourself around this one and a half mile circuit yeah uh, you know it's uh, there's going to be you know 15 cars uh, in gtd five in gtd pro there's going to be uh, it's going to be busy out there so uh, it's it's going to be it's, 20, 20 cars around here uh, is, uh, you know, we, we, we heard it on like a tenth of a second feels like half half a second. Uh, 20, 20 cars feels like around about 100, I would think, around here because it can get really, really busy. Well, it's, I, uh, I mean, and finding clear track, tra- uh, clear track isn't going to be that easy. Shortest track that we go to uh, on the IMSA calendar at just under a mile and a half around, running two slightly different configurations this weekend. We have got the chicane in at the uphill at turn five here for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix presented by Ligma Molly. Uh, we're running the traditional version, if you will, uh, up the outside through the uphill at turn five for the Mr. Pilot Challenge. It, it, it's a couple of hundred yards, if that difference, 1.474 to 1.478 um, for the uh, absolute... Uh, Stat was amongst you, um, but for the sake of veracity. Um, but 
But, as you see, 20 cars around here, a mile and a half. Most race tracks are two and a half, three miles, three and a half miles. So, th so that really is like having 40 cars out in qualifying for, quote-unquote, a normal uh, track in terms of, of density of cars on the track. And finding a spot in that 15 minutes where you can go out and not get either in the way of somebody who's on a fast lap when you're trying to warm up your Michelin tyres or you don't impede someone on a slow down lap or when you have just come out of the pits. I can see that everybody's going to have to have their their heads on a, on a swivel later on this afternoon. Anyway, that's for later on. 15 cars potentially out at the moment. We've had 11 out onto the circuit. No, just gone out. Uh, Mikel Grenier for Team Courtloff. Uh, and Robbie Forley for Turner. Uh, they've both just gone out of the pits, so that's 13 of the 15. Still in the pits for GTD. We have Jarrett Andretti in the white, blue and black Andretti Autosports Aston Martin Vantage. An addition uh, this weekend to the GTD category, Jeremy. Yes, indeed. And uh, the second race uh, for that Aston Martin made its debut at... Uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca back in May, and we already know that LMP3, which is going to be the, the primary focus this season for that team in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, won't be back for next year. Uh, no LMP3 cars here, of course, so they've got a, a, a shorter season than the uh, than most of the other classes, P2 and P3, every five races, I think it is, during their season. So not here, but and that won't be part of the schedule for next year. So Andretti Autosport looking at the bigger picture, trying to get some experience this year in the Aston Martin, looking forward to full, full season campaign in 2024 in GTD. It's interesting, isn't it? P3 doesn't disappear from the ends of paddocks. It's still going to be part of the VP Racing Sports Car Championship. Uh, and indeed, it's the top class in, in that championship. And that will continue next year. I had a long chat with Lance Wilsey on Midweek Motorsport earlier on this week. He was kind enough to give us half an hour or so of his time on Wednesday evening, our time here in the UK. And they're in the same position. They're an LMP3 team in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. They, like Andretti, have chosen not necessarily to go into VP racing. They want to stay in WeatherTech, but they're stepping up to LMP2 and they've picked a liege year, which will, I think, be the only liege year at the moment, at the moment, in the championship next year. So the opportunity for these LMP3 teams is to either go to a, a GT Daytona car or to go to an LMP2. I've got to tell you, I think we're going to have 16 LMP2s next year in IMSA. Right, we've had an accident and somebody's hit the wall. Ah, it's the number 91 Porsche from Kelly Moss with Riley. Alan Metney has gone off the circuit and there is damage. I saw some bodywork bits hanging off that car. He's come off at the final corner, turn seven, the downhill. And let's not forget, he had an incident just before Moorsport. He's just overdone it. Oh, he had a... Very, very nasty wiggle just coming to the apex of the final corner. There is just a little undulation there. And that just caught out the Porsche and Alan. And I don't he, think he hit anything, did he? Jimmy? Yeah, he did. He, he, he hit the uh, outside uh, barrier, I think. If he didn't, then he's damaged. The damage to the rear splitter must have been going across the kerb. He just gets the wiggle, goes backwards and 
Jeremy, you may be right. He did not hit the barrier, but he has done rear splitter, rear uh, underfloor damage to that car, which must have been caused by going backwards over the grass. I just saw the carbon fibre coming onto the track in front of the AO Racing number 80 Lexi machine, driven by PJ Hyatt. And rather sensibly, Alan brings the Paget-sponsored Paget Racing sponsored car into the pit lane for the guys to have a look. I think the under tree at the back has taken a bit of uh, a bit of a hit there in some way, shape, or form. But you're right, Jeremy. He uh, he did not hit the barrier. Shea Adam, another another man who needs to put the lottery on this weekend. Shea Adam is there now, looking at the back of a Porsche. Getting close to it. I'm still about 20 feet away from the back, but I can tell you that the left side has no noticeable damage. Neither does the right, and the front is indeed okay. Now, the thing that I worry about is this car, which had a big crash, as we are now red flag, so if somebody else might be off you. Uh, interrupt me if that's the case, but, John, this car had the big crash before CTMP in testing. The car, which was put back together with spare parts from every portion team in the paddock. Yeah, the uh, diffuser on the back of this thing, the splitter, is quite broken up and the carbon pieces are everywhere. Uh, that's going to be a problem. I hope they have a new one. That's where I was going with that because there aren't very many spares for these cars anymore. Uh, and the red flag is not for someone else going off. It is for the debris in the aftermath of that off from Alamechny in the Kelly Moss with Riley machine. Kelly Moss stepping up into IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship this year, um, being one of the teams, if not the team, Jeremy, to beat down through the years in the what is now the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup, North America, but when it was a GT3 Cup challenge, um, Victoria, Thomas and the rest of the team know how to win championships, and my goodness me, they know all about Porsches. Big, big expansion for them with two cars in this championship this year. Yeah, that's right, and uh, and uh, it's a, a big step for that team uh, this season. Stephen Kilcoy and the other uh, co-owner there at, uh, at Kelly Moss, uh, along with, as you say, with with Bill Riley. Uh, these cars are run out of the Riley shop in North Carolina. But um, a big day this is for for Victoria Thomas because she's going to be she's just been invited to join the Women in Motorsports North America program. They've got a big deal going on uh, this evening. I think on the front straight, I think it starts at, at six o'clock, right, right after the final session today. Uh, she's going to be uh, part of a presentation of that Women in Motorsports program. She's given a lot of opportunities to uh, females uh, in and out of the car. Sabra Cook, of course, who's driving the, the first winner of the, uh, of the Kelly Moss Driver Development Scholarship program. She's driving with the team in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America this season and you know, hats off to Victoria for doing what uh, as much as she does to promote women in motorsports in this country. Yeah, good point. Um, like her attitude, uh, her and, and Andy run a really tight ship at Kelly Moss and the attention to detail is extraordinary. It has to be in fairness nowadays in everything that you do and if the point I think we, we made to her when she was talking to us earlier in the season when this was, or towards the end of last season actually when this expansion of the programme was announced 
I uh, had a long chat with her at the United Champions for Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup last year, um, was that you know if you are good in a single manufacturer championship where the tiniest of differences is all you can make, then that, that sets you in terms of mindset and in terms of your logistics and in terms of your procedures, Jeremy, that sets you in pretty good stead to move into a more open championship. True that. And uh, as we've seen you know, with uh, various teams over the years, and um, going back to, uh, to Green here now, I talk about women in, in, women in Motorsports North America program, by the way, Beth Pareda. Uh, is, is part of that as well. She's going to be Grand Marshal here this weekend. Yeah, brilliant. Is, uh, Beth, uh, she's, she's, well, she's a local. She's from Connecticut, so uh, a big feather in her cap. And that former... Uh, uh, well, she was, she was involved in the Viper program, was she not, uh, when they ran an IMSA competition and won the uh, GTLM championship nearly a decade ago now, remarkably. Uh, and also, Beth, of course, the owner and team principal of Pareto Autosport, which is running cars at... Uh, Indianapolis, and uh, hopefully we'll be running cars more frequently in the NTT IndyCar series in the years to come. Back to green with about three and a half minutes, four minutes to go before the broad cars are flagged onto the circuit, coming across the line in front of the cars that got out there was the Turner Motorsport BMW number 96, followed by the EO Porsche number 80, and then the 57, the black and blue. That is the Russell Ward driven Win Ward Racing Mercedes AMG. Been a bit of an up and down season for that number 57 car and, and indeed the team. They've had some highs with Russell's dad Bryce uh, having a fantastic result uh, on the streets of Detroit, but it hasn't been wine and roses all the way through the season, Jeremy, for either of their programmes. No, it certainly hasn't. It's been pretty disastrous. I mean, they had a, a magnificent pole position at uh, Daytona early this season, but they then had a massive wreck. Lucas Auer uh, badly injured in that cra crash during the, during the official practice sessions. And, you know, it's been really disappointing for that team so far. I mean, they've had only one top-five finish, which is not what that team expected coming into this season. Uh, they didn't have much luck here either last year, didn't they? Ran out of fuel on the oh, final yes. lap. Yes. One year ago, so hopefully, hoping to turn things around hugely this weekend. That's number 57 Mercedes. Have got the pace, no doubt. Absolutely, that car has the pace, and the driver talent is undoubtedly there. They need to stop um, tripping over mirrors whilst walking under ladders and stepping on the cracks of the pavement or whatever it is they're doing because the only look they've had this year in this series in particular has been the bar of the bad kind, certainly not of the good kind the, not for the want of trying I would add another big pall of dust at the final corner avoided by Heart of Racing's Aston Martin number 27 Marco Sorensen third at the moment for that car I think we're about uh, what a minute, minute or so away from the GTD Pro cars being able to join this session. The final 15 minutes, as we said earlier on, will be reserved for the GTD Pro cars. So right now it's still the GTDs that have a preference and still just uh, the one installation lap for the number 94 Andretti Autosport Aston Martin and uh, the Turner Motorsport 
BMW of uh, car number 97 that's back in the pit lane once more. You fastest time there for Julian Andlauer, uh, another debutant here at Lime Rock Park. Really? Stepping into that number 92 car. David Bruley was on the entry list uh, to drive with uh, Alec Udell, but late change there. Julian Andlauer from France, one of the Porsche uh, young drivers, will be uh, at the wheel of that car again this season. Just gone to the top of the charts. So 51.842 for Julian. And that's, well, it's within a tenth of a second of the fastest time of the session uh, earlier today. Uh, it would have put it fifth on the charts, by the way, despite the fact it's within a tenth of a second. Uh, but uh, significantly quicker than he managed uh, in, in the first session this morning. His best time this morning was at 52.5. So he's now turned at 51.8. So a really good improvement there for Julian Andlau. That's surprised to me that Julian's not been here before, um, but he's still relatively um, early in his international career with Porsche. Another driver on the Porsche ladder who's been groomed for greatness in the future. They've done that with great success down through the years, haven't they? 75 years of Porsche this year, 60 years of the Porsche 911. And we get a Red Sport reunion this year as well. The seventh at uh, Tech Raceway Laguna Sega in September. Very much look forward to that, that event. It was at the last one. And oh my goodness, it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. Yeah. And Lauer, by the way, he was uh, the... In 2017, he won the Porsche Carrera Cup in France. A couple of years later, he won the, the same series in Germany. Uh, and also, in, in between time, in the year 2018, he was the uh, Le Mans GTE champion uh, as well. GTE and champion as well. So, lots of success in Porsche cars over the years, which has started out, as so many young drivers do, in, in F4 these days, and karting before that. But he's still only... Actually, it's just just had his 24th birthday a couple of weeks ago, July 5th. Was his 24th birthday. See, I'd have got that wrong, but he's been around for a long time, Jeremy, as you mentioned. Um, I remember him doing Carrera Cup France and Germany. I think he did a bit of Super Cup as well. Germany and Super Cup tend to Carrera Cup Deutschland and Super Cup tend to do as a, a double header because none of the they always work. It's so that none of the uh, the race weekends clash. Um, and has got, on, got himself on the radar of Porsche and as many before him now being supported by Porsche and groomed for greater things given Porsche's uh, Porsche's customer programs shows no sign in um, well, no signs in contracting. It will contract, of course, in FIAWEC because they'll only get two cars in WEC next year. That means there's going to be a lot of works drivers uh, looking for gainful employment, either with prototype teams uh, with the 963 or in other forms of Porsche GT racing around the world, of which, by the way, there are legion. Um, and particularly, I think, with the news recently that the Nürburgring 24 is going to incorporate point scoring for the international GT 
series, the National GT Championship. That might just make life a little bit interesting for some more works drivers. Squeeze a few more entries into the N24. Uh, we've been, we've not got back to pre-COVID in um, on the Nurburgring pre-COVID levels. It's been around 125, 130, which is a good 30 or 40 cars down on what it was beforehand. Um, and that, and that is. The GT3 cars are super quick right there now, maybe a little bit too quick. Um, Julian Andra, I'm reminded by our London producer Rob, was uh, in the Proton car with Matt Campbell and Christian Reed, of course, um, at Silverstone in the WEC in 2018. Rob knows that because he took the picture of the car. Uh, some cars getting stickered up down in pit lane as Rexy's just been off the circuit. Uh, at turn one at Big Bend and the 80 car that was PJ Hyatt who just missed his breaking point going in to the right hand Shea Adam who is getting the benefit of brand new brand new Michelins Rexy at the park I think I've seen that before dinosaurs in a park uh, new sticker tires for Alan Brynjolfsson in the Volt bright yellow right motorsport portion that's the number 77 and possibly a new fastest lap coming up because I just saw Frederick Shandorf Climb aboard the 70 Inception McLaren. He is always fast in that car. First time here, but he, too, had sticker Michelin tires. And I say sticker because, yep, they still did have that nice new sticker on the side saying, hey, we've never been driven before. Excellent. So they're going to burn a set right here with just on 55 minutes to go across the line for the number 77. Alan Brynjolfsson, driven right motorsports, the Vault Lightning car. Down through the first corner now. Slightly odd time for fresh sticker tires. I thought just, just the GT, as, as the GTD Pro cars were going out onto the racetrack, so getting themselves up to speed. Slightly curious, but uh, uh, tire, but they've got plenty of tires this weekend. I think it shouldn't be really a, a major factor, unlike at some events uh, we go to. They've got seven sets to use, so that's... Uh, seven sets? Yeah. Wow. So, so Jordan Taylor, by the way, gone uh, straight out of the out of the pits inside uh, six laps, gone to the top. Actually, on his fifth lap, he turned a, a 51.680, which is fastest in this session, fastest of the day so far in the Corvette car number three. He's not hanging around, is he? No, not at all. Uh, just a reminder, because I'll be asked it tomorrow, it uh, is in GTD Pro, the minimum drive time as usual, just 10 minutes, 45 minutes in GTD, and the Truman Aiken uh, drive time is also 45 minutes. Just for those of you who like to know those things. By the way, you can pick all of that up on the notice board at Alcamel. Um, all of the... Um, supplementary regs, the penalties, technical bulletins are all there. It's all on the the web. You can access through that through Alcamel IMSA. Very easy to find. Try not to print it all out. Though, you know, save a few trees. Just leave it on your screen. That's what I try to do, and then I can't find the right tab. Still. 
I'm recycling, just before anybody asks, I am recycling all of my circuit maps, etc. that I print out over the years. I think this is the third time I've used this one for Lime Rock Park. Not, in fairness, the most complicated one that I have. I think the, the longest, longest running one I've got here goes back probably to before Covid, and that is the Nürburgring. It's, it's only about three or four down, and there we go. Yeah. He hasn't changed a lot, has he? No, that Shea reminds me, you don't need a map for this one. The only left-hander is called the left-hander. It is pretty straightforward here, and that's why I think most of the drivers like it. Straightforward on paper, Jeremy, but there's lots of little nuances here in terms of where the undulations are, where there's a slight camber change, and there's plenty of places where you can lose time as well as gain time around what looks on paper to be a fairly simple track but you don't race it on paper do you no that's exactly right and you know it, it, it's it's a really challenging track this i mean you think of mallory park in the uk is a similarly short racetrack as well with really only well arguably three corners so as you've got the hairpin you've got gerrard's which is a huge long 180 degree plus uh, right-hander and then you've got the s's in the middle and devil's elbow which is just a kink onto the front straight but but those guys, I mean, it's a great little track, Mallory Park, and I think that's probably the closest one to, to here at, uh, at Limerick. Uh, you don't have a hairpin here, but well, you've got a hairpin with, with Big Bend, I suppose. Uh, and, uh, yeah, some, some, certainly some similarities. Uh, and, again, it's those little nuances that are hard to find, and you, you don't generally tend to find those nuances the first time you're at a track like this. So it's a track that I think everybody enjoys coming here. Uh, you know, it's, it's tight. It's uh, it's fast, particularly because the average speeds are, are, are so great here. I mean, even th you know, these cars are averaging over 100 miles an hour around yeah. here. Um, so, you know, it's it's not for the faint of heart. And you know, some really some corners that do require a massive amount of commitment. We've already heard that from several drivers today. You know, the downhill uh, where Alametni went off at the beginning of this session. You know, that's that's incredibly quick. And you have to commit to that that corner early. It's just about flat out but not quite and certainly not on, on used on, on worn, worn tires it might be on new tires perhaps but after that it isn't uh, and so it's you know and that's why the drivers love it here because it's a challenge short track at alton park as well the very short track at alton park where you turn left at the bottom of the hill and don't go down to either of the the hairpins brand brands hatch indie circuit there's a little bit of that um, as well particularly with the rise and fall. This this does feel old school, and that's because it is old school. Um, the, the layout of this track is, has barely changed um, in its whole history, Jeremy. Um, you know, as you, you mentioned earlier on, the, the addition of the, in the chicane, but ultimately, what was it, late 1950s, mid-1950s? Uh, or did 1957? Um, so ultimately the layout and certainly the character of the circuit hasn't changed one iota since then no, no there'll be a few little additional additions to the to the racetrack as you say one of who we're using right now with that uh, that chicane to, to bypass the uphill uh, but um, no it's you know there's not too much wrong with this place is there no. and that's that's why we use uh, everybody likes it so much there has, however, in the last 
uh, decade or so, been quite a bit of investment here by the ownership group. Uh, it, when I first started coming here, and that was much later after you start, first started coming here, Jeremy, the, the paddock wasn't paved. Um, it was still gravel. That's all been done. The infrastructure has been improved. Facilities for spectators have been improved. But we still have that beautiful opportunity for the spectators to be on the grass bank sitting under the trees you pitch up you put your lawn chairs down or your or your uh, blankets and you, you plot up for the day and watch a bit of motor racing and there's something to me that is uh, intrinsically very good about that quite honestly and it's a very oh. knowledgeable crowd here as well yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's just it's an old school track, but it's it's absolutely superb. There's so much character here, so much atmosphere, and you're right. They put a lot of time and effort and money into the into improving the facilities here over the last I don't know, 10, 15 years in particular, and and it's just great. I mean, you're right. There's that natural amphitheatre area around you know, Big Bend and the Front Street and the you know, the uh, the left-hander and the right-hander onto No Name Straight, and that's a super vantage point where you can see pretty much half the racetrack. Yes, you can get around, get out around the racetrack and see you know, different elements to this track as well. You can see, you can you can look on the the above the second paddock and overlooking the downhill, the diving turn onto the front straight, and and then up at West uh, West Bend as well. It's it's that's one of the great things about about this racetrack. You did a short, relatively short walk. You can be at all sorts of different places and see the cars working in different ways. Uh, and across the other side of the bridge, the other side of the paddock, on the on the left-hand side over the river, uh, it's up, up by the church. There's some great vantage points from there as well. It's a, it's a wonderful track to visit. Well, and, and if it gets oh, chilly yes. or wet, as the WeatherTech EMG goes off at the final corner, if it gets chilly or wet, there's places over on driver's left there on the front straight where you can... You can sit and watch from inside your car and still be a part of it and you know those places are few and far between then Daniel Hunkadea by the way has just got into the number 79 Mercedes AMG and just pushing a little bit too hard he's right in front of Phil Ellis at the moment those two know each other very well from places like the Nürburgring Nordschleife and other major GT3 events all the way around the world that's cool. D Danny, by the way, uh, he he raced here in Formula BMW back in 2018. It was, in fact, his first international win was right here at Limelock Park. So this is a track that he absolutely oh, adores, uh, and uh, and yeah, super excited uh, to be back here again. Yeah, 2008, 15 years ago, that uh, uh, was uh, sans chicane, but for him back then. But um, you know, loves coming. You know, re was, has been really looking forward to coming back here and uh, using all of the track there and a little bit more on the exit of the downhill last time around, taking over in the car. During this session, after Jules Gunion set the third fastest time early uh, after the GTD Pro cars were allowed on track. I suspect that was slightly less of an incident as it would have been in his Formula BMW back in 2008. If he put two wheels off the track there, the BMW, it might have been a, a somewhat wilder ride for Danny. Alexander Gadea. Rossi, by the way, was one of his rivals back, yes. uh, back in those days. Yes, I remember. I, I, I did the first ever Formula BMW race in the UK. It was on the Torque package. And there, it was a Brands Hatch and there was a huge shunt at... 
Druids and uh, poor Simon Hill, who was my co-commentator at that time, and I had to fill for about 45 minutes to an hour on live television. And God bless Nick Dearman, who was our pit, re- uh, pit report then. He went out onto the grid and pretty much interviewed everybody from back to front because <laughs> we had nothing to talk about because there was no championship standings. Uh, fortunately, I beat the launch of the car and still had the press back of the car. So we went through every technical detail down to millimetres of, of how far the front wheels were apart. <laughs> More filling than Mr Kipling. Um, parts of our audience will understand that. Uh, I tell you what, Alexander Rossi, actually, he won the other race that weekend back in 2008. And also in that field, by the way, was Mikel Grenier, ah. uh, uh, who, uh, who finished, uh, where was he, fourth and third, no, no, was he, seventh and, and fourth in the second race of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's, he goes back to this uh, a long way back here as well. That was a good little series, that. There was a world final as well that I did the commentary on. Ridiculously heavy priced. Yes, um, that, I think that is fair. Um, sophisticated. Uh, Williams had a lot to do with that, didn't they? That I, I was where I went to for the, uh, for the launch of the cars, and they had a, a special safety seat that you could lift the driver out in one go, which for a quote-unquote entry level or near entry level... Um, Formula car was quite sophisticated for the day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, a lot of drivers came through that, but oh, uh, yes. it certainly it, it, it raised the, the stakes. Advancements like that have been you know, great, but it certainly raised the stakes in terms of financial um, requirements for uh, for young drivers. Uh, it did Formula BMW, in my opinion. So we are down to uh, 42 minutes. We're halfway near enough, halfway through this session. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day. It is where you are at IMSA Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with us here in the Global Broadcast Centre, Sheer Adam is on the grounds for us again this weekend down in the pit lane. We'll grab some drivers if we can. Jordan Taylor in the pits, having put in the fastest time. Uh, we're going to have to go down to three figures again. 51.580 for Jordan. 51.589 for the Inception Racing McLaren. 0.009 of a second. That is all uh, behind. Uh, Daniel Hukadella next up. Uh, and that is the WeatherTech Mercedes. Uh, and that is a full oh, 0.099 further back. Let's go down to Sheer Adam, who has found uh, a driver, who isn't driving, therefore can talk to us, Jules Cunot. Because you've been singing the daisies of Danny Jim today, I knew that Jules was available, and Jules, you love this place. I mean, you set the fastest lap of the race last year in a WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. This year, it's 10 kilo heavier. Are you feeling the difference? Well, and there's also one millimeter less on the power, uh, but to be honest, we have been on the, on the foot since few races, but IMSA has been uh, giving us slowly um, some power increase and weight increase, which uh, which is de- definitely going to help us. We will see how it is. Normally, this track has a lot of tire day, which our Mercedes is really good at, uh, and the BOP has been back to where it, sh- it should be around, so we are pretty happy about all the changes and uh, yeah, the car felt amazing last year. So we're going to try to get a good car again this year and, 
and see, you know, quality is really important here. It's really difficult to pass. Last year I tried on Jan Ehlen and it didn't end up so well. So uh, once you are behind, it's really difficult to pass. Jan's not in the race this year. That's the good news for you, I guess. Then uh, we're looking at the championship standings at this point in literal form because of the pit boxes. On your right are the championship leaders, the 14 Lexus. On your left, you got Corvette Race. Are you thinking championship at this point? Uh, it's difficult because for me it's the first time uh, having a championship with so many points. In Europe, when you win a race, you get 25 points. And here you get a lot of points. So I have not a lot of read on the championship. We are like 100 points behind, which is crazy for us. But I think it's not too crazy for the US. So I'm thinking about the, the points we, with Danny. We're just going to try to do our best result the whole season. And uh, Sunday night after Road Atlanta, we see where are the points. It's pretty cool, too, because you look at the races coming up. We've got uh, Road America the next time out. That's a big one for WeatherTech. You've yeah. got VIR, Indy. You've had success there recently. And then Petit Lamar. Are you excited for the remaining races? Yeah, you know, in, in IMG, we get uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, an option from our boss to choose which series we want to do and with Danny we really pushed to go to do IMSA because for me IMSA is the best tracks in the world. Uh, in Europe you're always worried about track limit. Here there's no track limit. Road Atlanta there's no track limit. You know it's the, already it's one issue less and just the track are amazing. Here it's like a little go-kart track. I remember last year in quali when Cooper was doing quali I went in the middle with the fans and it was really cool. You see the cow from so close going close to the grass and so on. It's I think it's really amazing and to see so many fans uh, in the middle of nowhere, let's say, it's uh, pretty special. Are you doing quali today or are you going to go sightseeing again? No, I'm doing uh, quali yeah, later on. Well, good luck later in qualifying. Thank you very much. It's funny what Gilles Guidon says there, actually, about it looking like a go-kart track. Uh, the very first time I came here, um, I think it was the second time that the LMS had been here um, there was a back-to-back -back that I couldn't do for some reason so I came here um, with Kipper Lamerock Park uh, with uh, Graham Tyler who was our pitlane reporter in those days and uh, the usual thing um, we weren't racing on the Sunday because there's the ordinance, local ordinance about that and we drove in over the and it, it was um, it was a holiday weekend I, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been 4th of July weekend actually um, and because it was a different time in the calendar in those days um, and I've got a feeling we practiced and qualified Friday and Saturday and raced on the Monday and therefore we had Sunday off yeah that was right and we drove across and we drove across the bridge into the centre of the circuit and I said to Graham Tyler oh well I know what we're doing on Sunday then. he said what I said well we'll go and play on the kart track and he said what kart track and I said the one we've just driven over he went no that's the race track I honestly thought as we went over that that was a kart track that we'd just driven over having never been here before the television as great as it is and our camera operators and everybody it really is hard to give a feeling of this place so if you haven't been here before and you can get there please do uh, it will change your view of what race circuits can possibly should be like it's absolutely outstanding here it really is and when you as we were we were waxing lyrical earlier on about the cars in the uh, 
previous eras of, of IMSA and GTP racing indeed. Shea's dad, Bill Adam, raced Jaguars round here in that era. And come and have a look, come and have a walk around. Those of you here this weekend, I'm sure you've probably do, done it. Do it again, walk around and then remember, just remind yourself what cars were racing here back in the earlier days of IMSA. And, uh, and take a moment to just appreciate those cars, those teams, and particularly those drivers, Jeremy. Because they, um, they, they were pretty special, especially special, pretty special cars and extremely special drivers to be out around this place. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, the, the, I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier on, didn't we, also? You know, 60 years on from when Mario Andretti uh, won, uh, won his first uh, road race uh, right here. And there was that uh, famous thing where... Um, uh, sorts of cars here over the years but some tremendous races here oh. and uh, it was it was sort of sort of the birthplace as Greg Ricks remember telling me a few years ago for, for showing stock racing oh, yes. in, in the US as well back in the back in those early days. Yeah very good point. And, and a perfect track for that to be quite honest because you know it is like a winding country road. It just happens to go round in a circle. You know, it, it's it's your favourite winding country road. A bit a bit like some of the other circuits we've talked about in the UK and in Europe. Clement Ferrand was indeed originally a road circuit. So was Solitude. Um, okay, not Alton Park and, and Brands. They were they were purpose built. But, you know, it's the same sort of character that makes you think of your favourite country road. Where, bit of luck and a fair wind, there's nothing coming the opposite direction, so you can use it properly. And I think it's a cracking track. I really do. Can't get enough of driving around this place in virtual reality or in real life. Down to the last uh, 35 minutes, which means uh, just 20 minutes for the GTDs. The best of which at the moment is the McLaren on a 51.589. The fastest car out there at the moment the bright yellow Corvette Jordan Taylor at the wheel he dives down towards turn 7 downhill big diving turn at the bottom of the hill and onto the front straight to complete the biggest 20 of the car's 22nd lap 52.3 last time around oh, by, the, by the way my mental block is cleared briefly yeah Roger Ward it was who, who won uh, won the, that uh, race uh, here back in 1959 it was when he ran in a midget against all sorts of uh, higher powered sports cars and, and uh, there's some iconic images from that race from that event and uh, yeah Roger Ward in a, in a midget back here July 25th 1959 that was well we've got an Alfa Romeo Giulietta in uh, Mission Pilot Challenge and the very first race in the G production class was won by uh, Alpha Giulietta. Um, MGTC won the MG class in 1957. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, going back to those uh, those days. So a moment or two ago, down at the first corner at Big Bend, aptly named Big Bend, Daniel Junkendale, who's already had a little drop at the final corner, put his left hand Michelin's in the dirt again. Quite as much dust thrown up this time around, but it'll 
It's taking them a lap or so just to clean those Michelin left side tyres off. As we close in uh, on, as I say, the last uh, 20 minutes or so for the GTD cars, then we'll have 15 minutes for the pros in the FCP Euro North East Grand Prix. to have your company, whether you're here at the track or further afield, RS2, IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels, and we'll have some vision for you later on this afternoon, qualifying for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, that will come to you whether you're here in the States or around the world, we'll have that live and free, no subscription, no breaks. In fact, it's only one 15-minute session, actually, this afternoon. All the GT cars will go out together. So, a one-and-done, quick-fire, 15 minutes. No faffing about waiting for people to go out. Spend an hour waiting. Spend, spend 35 or 45 minutes of the hour waiting for people to go out. No, no, we'll get everybody will be going out pretty early. Getting that Michelin tyres up to temperature and pressure. A couple of quick laps. And... I think the difficulty this afternoon, the skill this afternoon, not just in pedalling the car, Jeremy, but working with your team, and potentially a spotter around here, um, at least watching the GPS track, is to find a, 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 a piece of road, a piece of track that's your own this afternoon in that 15-minute session. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, we, we saw at the early part of this session there were just the... Uh, the, uh, the non-pro cars on track, so there were 15 of them. At the end of this session, coming up in uh, another 15 minutes, uh, we'll have just the GTD pros, the only five on track there, but and I'm sure most of them will probably do a, a qualifying sim to get ready for later on this afternoon. But uh, then all the cars will be together, as I mentioned earlier on, so uh, it's fully representative. I'm not sure what we need to split up this session, to be honest, but it does, it certainly, I'm sure it did help the, uh, the non-pro drivers yes. yeah. and, I, I, and the, uh, the, the guys with lesser experience to get yeah, up their comfort level for that, just for 15 minutes of this session. Exactly so, Jeremy. Nail on head has been hit. And, uh, and that it, it has made a difference in that, this split session. And talking to, to some of those drivers who benefited from it really has. The other thing that uh, has benefited the not full time drivers, late arriving professionals, late starting professionals, which that was quite funny, um, is that um, the onus on them to qualify in various series around the world. As well in some of the non-pro classes, so you get a lighter car and a brand new set of tyres, which you know in the old days you wouldn't have had. You'd have had a, 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 a full set, a new set of tyres, but you would have had a very heavy car. And feeling what the car can do under those conditions is really confidence-building for some of these drivers for whom this is not their full-time job. True. True. I think some drivers out there doing qualifying sims at the moment just have a couple of improvements uh, fairly recently. Uh, Misha Goikberg is just out in the Forte Racing uh, powered by US Registrar. Lamborghini, kind of a 78. He just improved his time to a 
1.818, which is uh, a little bit quicker than he went this morning. Uh, this morning he was, he was third fastest. Now he's down in tenth. The uh, ante has been up to considerably in this session. Even Taylor still the fastest time of this session, 51.580. So it's still half a second outside the lap record set last year by Maddie Campbell. In the uh, but uh, there is a fastest time of the day. Uh, Frederick, Frederick Shandor from it a while ago, second fastest overall, best at GTD in the McLaren for inception race, going to 70, 51.5. 589 and then we've got three pro cars the Lexus of Jack Hawksworth the Mercedes at the time still set by Jules Gounier and uh, Alex Riveras in the heart of racing Aston kind of a 23 all those times set quite a long time ago now and then it's Patrick Galler who's just improved a couple of laps ago in the tournament of the BMW kind of a 96 second in GTD non-pro Seven cars covered by less than a tenth of a second um, between the second and uh, his ninth. Next up uh, will be Trent Hinman in right Motorsports, the portion of the 77. Yeah, now, just he has a date. The fact that he's in the car means that we can speak to his teammate, Alan Brynjolfsson. He's down in the pit lane with Shea Adam. Thumbs up for a GT3 car? Yeah, it's my first time. Um, you know, it's really compliant. It does exactly what you want it to do. But uh, rocks the, the track surface, it almost feels like you're driving on a dirt road. So it's not really like G's. It's really just kind of car control, feeling that car slide under you in a controlled manner. Um, so to me, it kind of feels like driving in the rain. Just more about feel and being smooth. Well, that would explain why all the dust is being kicked up at the final turn if it's just a dirt road. But for Porsche, this is a very special track and a very successful track as well. So do you finally feel like you're in the right machinery, that it's all aligning? Yeah, I think this is going to be the perfect race for us because this is a Porsche track. Historically, we've got some uh, favorable OP. So those two things are aligning, and I think it's going to be a great race. As far as the race goes, it's the standard protocol, but no prototypes to worry about. So does that change the strategy for Wright Motorsport? Well, it changes the strategy for me because it was new for me being in WeatherTech and having to look in my mirrors and watch out for prototypes. So it's going to be a refreshing uh, not to have that stress and just be able to actually drive the race car and worry about myself. In terms of strategy, originally we were going to have Trent start and I was going to do the middle. Um, but, you know, since we've been doing pretty well here in the first practice, we we're going to stick with the original strategy of me, me qualifying and starting and then Trent finishing. Trent's put the car on pole here before in the past. He did that in several years ago so hopefully he can give you some good pointers for qualifying yeah uh trent does great here you're right he has gotten pole and he loves that left-hander he just that's his pass place um so i look forward to watching him do some passes at the uh, left-hander good luck this weekend alan thank you very much Jay. interesting jeremy just what we were um, sort of wondering about ourselves speculating on earlier whether people might do a, a, a pro driver starting and quite clearly uh, they'd thought of that in the number 77 right motorsports porsche team but they've decided to go back to something more traditional 
Yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long race here. It's a, it's a regular length race here for WeatherTech, so two hours and 40 minutes. Um, so it'll be um, you know, three pit stops. Was it three pit stops or two pit stops? Two pit stops. Uh, just, yeah, just two just, pit stops. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, during the race, so uh, it's... Yeah, there's certainly a fair bit of strategy to be played out during this race tomorrow and it, it does begin on who qualifies the car and uh, certainly interesting to hear that you know, Alan feels comfortable enough to go out there also interesting that I'm presuming that was a qualifying sim of some sort by Trent Hinman with only what about 10 minutes to go for the GTD non-pro cars in this second practice session of the day Yeah, good point. Uh, we've got, yes, 10 minutes on the nosy, pretty much, before the GTD, the cars with the green number backgrounds, green wing end plates on the back of the cars, and the green door mirrors, before they are flagged off. Oh, and green uh, edges to the windscreen shade band as well. Really easy to spot those. So if you know nothing about that, you can spot those. Also, the number panels for the positions uh, of the cars uh, green for the GTDs, red for the GTD pros as well that can give you the position in class now well, I'll, I'll tell you now, when we get to the race tomorrow, the likelihood is we will be talking about a full field of 20 cars, particularly when we get to the end of the race and yes there will be separate pulled yet for and, and awards for the teams but at the end of the race once the non-pro drivers have done their 45 minutes it'll be pros to the end for the vast majority of them and there'll be no quarter asked or given it will be for overall position and it is not beyond the bounds of possibility at all uh, that we could in that two hour and 40 minute race on, on Saturday see one of those green numbered cars green background cars win the race overall they've done it in the longer races uh, already a couple of times in recent in the recent past shit adam down in the pit lane has been crunching the numbers and comes up with this fun fact the last time a gtd pro car won a race Overall, I mean, in terms of the GT class, and the GTD race winner was not Paul Miller Racing, was VR last year. <laughs> okay. Not sure what that says potentially about this weekend. They have had a tremendous run of form. Um, Madison Snow, 10th at the moment in the BMW M4 GT3 uh, for the team that have just been cranking out results Jeremy seemingly for fun this year in that BMW M4 GT3 gave that car its first uh, win in IMSA of course when the car was uh, introduced only the second ever international win Samantha Tan Motorsport beat them barely I think by a week uh, but they were late because the car didn't arrive with them last year when they expected it to my goodness they've been up for time since then haven't they yeah, fantastic, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I mean, they've won uh, the Michelin Endurance Cup in the past. They've won the uh, Sprint Cup title. They've won the overall title. It's series won everything. And they're, they're sweeping the board right now, leading in both championships coming into this weekend oh. by uh, 66 points in the in the Sprint Cup title, which is race, this is race number four. 
uh, but by uh, by more than 200 points now in the overall title chase as well. So it's been a fantastic season with uh, three wins uh, already to their credit and a second place finish uh, and then a couple of uh, poorer results, an eighth and a tenth, but still uh, they're way out in front and looking forward to another strong run here uh, tomorrow as well. I hope to extend that championship lead, but they're certainly going to have their work cut out because it is going to be close. Just had a little interest, uh, a little incident rather for Sheena Monk down at turn one. She just missed a breaking point and went grass tracking last time by. Uh, she's continued from there. She made her way back onto the track fairly easily, quite sensibly actually, because she was well off the track. Didn't get to the barriers there. So it was, I think, her second lap around, maybe a third. Certainly wasn't an outlap. Just struggled to get the car turned in and then very sensibly just opened her hands out, let the car run onto the copious amount of grass that is the runoff area there. The that car then, she brought it back very carefully onto the circuit and has gone round. So that's very sensible driving. Yes, made a mistake, Jeremy. Too easy to compound a mistake by trying to get everything back or trying to do something silly to save it. She knew she'd missed a breaking point. And at that point, it was, right, damage limitation. And the damage seems to be, oh, I, I lost that lap, but this is a free practice session, so really no damage at all. That's right. And your next lap around, she's... Uh just about a second away from her fastest time, so rebuild a little bit of confidence there probably for, for Sheena. She may well be trying a, a qualifying sim here right at the end of the, uh, of the session uh, for Nob Pro Cars, just what, yeah. four or five minutes remaining good now. Point. She's at the bottom of the time charts at the moment, and actually she's a full second off the, ne off the next, uh, next uh, car. The top 19 out of 20 are covered by point yeah, a bit more than that. Yeah, point seven, less than eight tenths of a second anyhow between first and nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, and the first half of that field um, are covered by three tenths of a second. Twelve cars under three tenths of a second. Uh, Fifteen cars at under six tenths of a second. So that the top half, fat more than the top half, the top almost two thirds is pretty pretty stacked. I think the biggest gap is between Patrick Peely in 12th and 13th, which is at 0.271 of a second. Above that, there's not a tenth of a second between any of the cars. So that, that'll tell you how close it is. Yeah, if the uh, Lamborghini comes flying down the hill there, uh, Michel Goikberg has just oh, yeah. taken his best lap last time around a 51.714 for the uh, Canadian. Has he improved again? No, 53-0 that time around, but he did okay. have traffic, Jeremy. That's yeah. the other thing we're going to be talking about this weekend. Now, Porsche keys the race. Look, th th there's only the GT cars here, but traffic is still going to be an issue. Now, how quickly the leaders get round to the back of the 20-car field will depend on who's driving which car when. But I'll tell you now, it's going to be super hard here if you don't get assistance from the car you're trying to pass or lap. All of these cars have the same performance potential. So down the straight, Jeremy, they're all the same speed. It's all going to be down to where you break and turn in. 
Oh, yes. You're loving that, aren't you? I, I can hear that in fun. It, it, Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I just love the variety in this class. I mean, earlier on, what have we got right now? We've got Chevrolet, McLaren, Lexus, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Lamborghini, BMW, Porsche. Isn't that eight different That's manufacturers? That's eight different manufacturers, yeah. There you go, in the top eight position, they're covered by 0.179 of a second. What is there not to love? And it's entirely possible that we will see nose-to-tail racing for the majority of the race uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is the race. I know I keep saying this and people on the socials are slightly taking them, Mickey, out of me, but, but that's all. It's all right. That's all right. I just want to make sure that anybody who's tuning in now for our... FP2 coverage here of the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix with Lick with Molly. Don't miss the races tomorrow. Michelin Pilot Challenge and WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. All of our races this weekend are on Saturday. It is a super Saturday in every sense of the word. So yeah. don't miss it. Yeah. Improvement there for Bill Arblin, by the way, up to a ninth position overall. That's fifth in GTD. Uh, non-pro in the number 97 uh, tournament for BMW. That's the uh, the Macintosh liveried car, the blue and silver car, the blue and grey car. So he's uh, uh, improved. And also another improvement there from Michel Goitberg on faster again, fractionally, than he did before. 51.703 now for Michel Goitberg. Bill Arblin was a 51.756. Uh, so... What's that point? Yeah, point nothing, isn't it? It's ridiculously close. Point seven oh three from Michel Goitberg down to point seven seven nine is seven positions. <laughs> Brilliant. The Lobelin's on a faster lap now, by the way, coming down the hill, using all the wet and a little bit more on the diving turn, the downhill, coming across the start finish line. He's gone purple in sector two. Personal best in sector one. Does he go faster? No, no. he doesn't, actually. No. He must, have lose, must have lost some time in that final sector then, did, uh, did Bill. Yeah, he did. 52.029, so he lost three-tenths of a second in that final sector on that lap. It's Jeremy Shaw with me, John Hindoff. Shea Adam is with you in the pit lane Lime Rock Park the venue for the Tech Sports Car Championship the series along with Mission Pilot Challenge as far as we're concerned this weekend on the IMSA Radio and IMSA TV networks from RSL Radio Show Limited and good to have your company we will lose the GTD cars so now from 20 cars Jeremy we go down to 5 uh, I'm interested to see what happens here yeah, I don't want to hear any concerns about traffic now. <laughs> no. Shit, Adam is down at Lexus and it is piquing her interest. Why is that, Miss Shea? Shock change for the number 14 Lexus. Nate is actually in the boot. Well, not quite the boot, but the engine compartment of the car. They've pulled the back window off and he is ducked down in there. Travis is passing him equipment, wrenches and whatnot, but uh, it's not typically the kind of thing you see before going out and doing a mock quality run at the end of almost 45 minutes of practice that they've had. 
so far in this session. So that just kind of caught my attention. And oh, now Bosey's getting involved too. So they got all hands on deck for that change. I just want to see if I can dive in here really quick with Frankie because uh, Frankie Montecalvo pole sitter here at Lime Rock Park last year. It's not too far for you for a home race, but this race, it seems to be ebbing and flowing for Lexus. Do you feel like you can get another pole position later today? I sure hope so. I feel like I, every every year we get better and better. This what used to be historically one of our worst tracks to uh, to come with the Lexus, but the team has really turned it around and uh, made it a great track for us. So I look forward to qualifying. We usually qualify pretty well, but I mean, if you look out there, the times are are extremely close. So it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be an easy one. It never is in our class. Almost every time you've qualified, you've put it on the front row so far this year. You've done a great job through qualifying. But now is it a fight between you and Aaron because you're both so good at qualifying? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a great car to, to qualify. So I always look forward to it. It's fun. But like I said, it's it's super close out there. Um, and I'm looking forward to what the weather does a little bit later. I know we've had, uh, you know, a lot of rain here historically, too. So uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck the number 12 Lexus. So just the pro cars out on circuit for the last 12 minutes into the pit lane for the Corvette, I suspect, for a new set of Michelin tyres. That isn't where Shea Adam was standing talking, so we'll try and keep an eye on that ourselves. It's not a million miles away, in fairness. Oh, new tyres, Shea tells me, for that Corvette. So that is going to be a... Oh, they've got stingers. So that is going to yeah. be a qualifying sim, Jeremy, even though there's yeah. only five cars out there. I suppose that's the yeah. best time to do it. Yeah, well, Patrick Pilo's just done the same in the uh, FAF Motorsports uh, Porsche car number nine. In the last two laps, he has improved, including last time around to the fastest time of the day, 51.472 for the, uh, uh, the Frenchman there at the wheel of car number nine. Very quiet rejoin from Antonio Garcia who there was no wheel spin there was no big revving it was like he was pulling out the supermarket car park actually it was like he's trying to sneak back home without and put the car in the drive without his mum and dad finding out um, for those of you who have long memories <laughs> so let's see who can do what to whom how about a 51-3 from Gilles Gounon in the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes he's just gone to the top. Expect to see the GTD Pro Cars start to move forward. Pele in a second with a 51-4-5-2. No, no, he was, he was, he was fastest was... until Gunion. Okay. Just, just pipped you. Just come into the pits as Pele. 51-5 from Tony Garcia. That inception car with the 51-5-8-9 won't change. So that was the earlier time from Tony Garcia's Corvette, the 51.580. So that hasn't improved in this last 15 minutes as yet. 51.564 for Gunon. Last time around does not improve. Here comes the Aston, number 23. This is Ross Gunn. He crosses the line. 54.5. Doesn't move from his seventh overall and fifth in class. He's winding up to something, though. That car could go quicker than that. Has done already. Yeah, that was. I think that was just the the first flying lap for that uh, number twenty three Aston Martin. So we'll see what he can do this time around. This and the next one should be a good indication of how fast that Aston is. 
Nine minutes and seven seconds to go. Another lap from Antonio Garcia. Another lap that he is warming and prepping his Michelin tyres. Very, very interesting. 53 second lap there. So we are seeing these cars bringing their tyres up very gently indeed. I know yeah. it's a short lap. So maybe it's going to be three prep laps here for the Michelin tyres. Certainly seemed to be the case there for Ross Gunn. I mean, he wasn't using every inch of the road on that last lap around, which I think was his third lap out of the pits. And uh, similar for uh, Antonio Garcia as well. He's certainly using every inch there as he puts the left-hand side of the wheels at the exit of the, uh, of the downhill turn. What's that lap time for Garcia? 52-2. That was for Garcia. He's bringing it in gently, isn't he, Jeremy? The interesting. Yeah. The interesting. Reminds me of the old GT Le Mans disc. Of course, that is a GT Le Mans car in essence. It's BOP'd back to GT3 sort of speed. But we'd often see three or four prep laps, even on longer circuits uh, for those cars. They were running on uh, different Michelin tyres, of course. They were uh, running on a variety of compounds. Number 14, Lexus of Jack Hawksworth just leaving the pit lane. Here comes the Corvette. Oh, drops the wheels off on the outside of the final corner. And to the top, Tonio Garcia with a 51-2-3-3. So that was three prep laps there, Jeremy, or an outlap and two further prep laps before the quick lap came in. Let's store that one away for qualifying later on. Here comes Patrick Peele, currently third, and needs to find a couple of tenths. Yeah, he just co he just uh, completed one lap out of the pits after uh, setting his best time a little while ago. That was his first flying lap after rejoining the, the racetrack. 52, 53.9 it was for Peele. 51.4, his best so far. That's the car that was... Uh, on the pole position here one year ago with uh, Maddie Campbell. Turned a 51.079 is the qualifying record also for GTD Pro. Another quicker lap for Tonio Garcia. Ooh, He's got wow. it down to a 51.0. That's the biggest gap we've seen. Three tenths of a second between first and second when three tenths of a second was 11 or 12 cars not so very long ago. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That, that is sub-record. Three thousands underneath the old record there for Antonio Garcia. It doesn't count because it's only practice. He's going to have to do it again later on this afternoon if he wants a, any chance of pole position, I think. Track temperature has gone down considerably from earlier on today. It was in the 120s, above 120 Fahrenheit and up towards 50 Celsius. It's now, Garcia. now 33 Celsius and 91 Fahrenheit. Although the air temperature is rising, we've got some cloud cover. I reckon this is perfect, and Garcia is making the most of it. 51.072. He's improved by another fraction of a second. Yeah, four thousandths, I think it was, quicker than that for Antonio Garcia. Indeed so. Lost guns improved also in the Aston Martin, kind of a 23 or 51.409, but that's a full three tenths, which is a... Peel it a, a second. 51.233. Oh, 
despite running wide and kicking up the dust at the final corner. There is, there's a lot of dirt on the exit of big of uh, downhill, the turn seven, and uh, there's no choice but to run through it. It's on the racing line, which is why you might see a few cars just weaving on the front straight in between their fast laps. And quicker still by Garcia. And here comes Gunon on a quick lap as well. 51.029 now by Garcia. Pelias 51.233 is good enough for second. Gunon did not improve. So that's three laps in succession in 51.0 for Antonio Garcia. Full two-tenths quicker than anybody else. And he's done three of them. Wow, that, that uh, Corvette is fast. They've got a lovely balance on that car, quite clearly. Jack Hawksworth improves in the Lexus, 51.4. Leaves him in fifth of the GTD Pros. All yeah. of the GTD Pros now ahead of the GTD cars, but they have had the opportunity to do fast laps. They might as well have been out doing single flying laps, to be honest, because they haven't been close enough to each other with just five of them around the track. They are pretty much equidistant between each other around the circuit. Another quick lap from Pele as he edges closer to Tonio Garcia's time. Now just 0.166 of a second as he gets down to the 51 ones, but still only Garcia down in the 51 zeros. Wow, this is as exciting as a, as a qualifying session. Right now, if this is what we get later on this afternoon, Jeremy, except there'll be another 15 cars on track, this is going to be pretty sketchy if these guys are trying to put these times in. True. Hawks is on a good one right now. This is looking like his potentially his best lap. Yes, he goes up into second wow. fastest in the Lexus Caliber 14, 51.155 for Jack Hawksworth. 0.126 of a second between first and second. Mid-engine rear-wheel drive. Uh, at the head of the field, front engine rear wheel drive in second, rear engine rear wheel drive and front engine rear wheel drive for the last two. We've got the full complement in GTD Pro. And there's maybe a slight advantage to that Corvette, still with over a tenth of a second, which in the grand scheme of things is quite a lot of time from what we've seen so far today. Garcia not giving it up. Comes through West Bend now. He was right on the ragged edge of adhesion there with the Michelins on the white line at the edge of the road. He drops off the edge of turn seven again. Two minutes, 20 to go. Cross the line. Does he improve? He does not. It's a 51-2-1-2. Yeah. He, he, turned, he turned, what was it, one or maybe two slower laps, maybe just a one. And then the last two laps have both been 51.2 something for Antonio Garcia. So uh, even after all that laps, that car, it must have done eight or nine, oh, nine or ten laps probably uh, since leaving the pit lane. He's still turning some super fast lap times in that number three Corvette. Jack Hawks, has, on the other hand, just turned that one uh, flyer. Now he's uh, back right out of it. Uh, the uh, Aston Martin is in the pit lane. Patrick Pile's just, he did a couple of slow laps. He did a two, couple of 54s. He's just up the ante again at 51.255 for Pile in the number nine Faf Porsche. That's within just, uh, what, uh, six hundredths of his fastest time. Slightly less plaid on that car for the last couple of races. Yes. A lot of sort of matte black or satin black on that car, still with the mm. traces of the 
Canadian plaid on that uh, driveway.com machine. Yes, more black than red now than the other mm. way around, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Looks great, still looks great. Yeah, yeah. Works really well. He's peeling into the pits. Pele peeling into the pits in his Porsche. And Gilles Guinom still out there. Hawksworth still out there. Still 48 seconds to go. Uh, who's the closest round? Here comes the Corvette through the final corner. Then it's Hawksworth. And the last car on the lap is Gilles Gounon. I think he will get through if he wants another lap. He's coming down the hill now. The other two have gone across the line. He stays out, gets a good exit from turn seven, just drifts into the middle of the start-finish straight, and then gently goes to the left-hand side to turn into to the right uh, to the left-hand side, turning right into Big Bend. Yeah, he's nailed that. This will be the last lap for all of the three cars that are out on the circuit at the moment. Check that all of the two cars that are out there because Hawksworth pitted at the end of that last lap. Looks neat and tidy, but is it quick? He'll be having the delta. No. He'll be having the time on his screen. It's not no, there, is it? Answer. No. no. Nor for Garcia. So I expect to see them no. both. Thankfully for the rest of the field. <laughs> yes, true. At this stage... After setting, what, five laps, uh, th uh, certainly at least three of them were quicker than anybody else, uh, and five of them were quicker than most. So really, really uh, impressive run there for Antonio Garcia. There's another 51.2 there as he takes the checkered flag. Wow. And that wasn't one of his best. So, you know, 52-1 oh. uh, for uh, Gilles Guinan, who, in fairness, had, I think, lifted off. I'm surprised he didn't peel off into the pits. What, uh, what a session for... Antonio Garcia and his work is not over he's coming back at a reasonable pace he'll peel off into the pits and shit Adam the whole team is waiting for him not to congratulate him though because their work's not done either nope practicing the pit stop and more importantly practicing the driver change so he's gonna have to get out of that Corvette as spryly as he can and then Jordan Taylor will be the one to drive it back behind the wall to the garage already undoing his belts are loosening them off. The window net has got its quick release and he's hit that as he pulls into his pit lane now. Opens the door and he is out as quickly as I can describe it. Oh, actually he's not. Got himself caught a little bit there. Yeah, he got himself caught there, Shea Adam, as he was getting out. Yeah, not exactly spry, but that's all right. Antonio doesn't need to be today. He needs to be tomorrow, and he knows that. Uh, he's walking over to the pit wall, putting his seat insert down. Let's see. Yep, he's taking the gloves off. Would you like to wait for a, a chat with him if he's up for it, I John? Think that's if a, I, can I think grab that's Antonio. a great idea if you can grab him. That was okay. at least... well, let's see if I can... The, the two things there, Shea, that are important is how long it took him to bring the tyres in. He was very careful about how he brought the Michelin's in in that qualifying sim and then he did at least three laps in the 51 zeros and nobody else was in the 51 zeros that was outstanding i would say that was a decent balance on that car yeah well for sure the car is operating well and the team is too having come off of the win at ctmp the last time out Antonio, it, it has to give everyone a good feeling to know that you guys finally got the win at the last race. And has it changed the energy? I mean, you've now been fastest for two practice sessions. I don't know. I mean, it feels like... Uh, I don't know. It feels like most boring here. The car seems to be good. 
against our competition, and we just carry on doing what we are doing over the last two years in this class. So, yeah, I'm glad that we had good ultimate pace and also race pace looks good. So, yeah, let's keep it this way all the way till tomorrow. You were so careful bringing the Michelins in for that quali run. Then you got three laps that were faster than what anyone else can do. Is that the key, being gentle on the tires? No idea. Everybody has their own strategy on that. So every car is different. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to do with my car. I'm sure everybody else has to do something different. Well, hey, nice job in practice. Might be talking to you later after qualifying. Uh, he sounded a little more disappointed and less upbeat, Jeremy, than I thought he might do after that. He clearly worked hard, mind you. Yeah, he's always pretty laid back, isn't he, Antonio? Uh, not giving much away, that's that's for sure. It's been a while since he's qualified the car, actually. It's been Jordan Taylor has been qualified the last three races. Uh, but uh, Antonio did have a pole position earlier this year at Sebring. Uh, as uh, Shay was just telling us, the, uh, that car, the winner of the most recent race as well. So they're very much on a roll right now. And Antonio Garcia looking forward to qualifying that car, I think, a little later this afternoon. Jeremy Shaw was alongside me, John Hindorf, in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. Shay Adam was patrolling the pit lane. Next time we see those WeatherTech cars, they will be qualifying. You can watch it as well listen, as well as listen. It's all free via imsa.tv or imsaradio.com and the live video page. We've got plenty more for you this afternoon, so don't go too far away. Keep it locked in to RS2, IMSA Radio, for the moment, from our coverage of Lime Rock. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.